Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another great episode. You all, I'm really excited about today because we have one of my favorite music producers and people who is behind a lot of my favorite songs like 23 by Miley Cyrus and so many other artists that you all probably enjoy also. Um, we have the amazing Mike Will Made It. I'm so excited. So if you like music, if you like Miley, if you just want to hang out and talk things, this is the episode for you. So grab a seat, grab a snack, grab your headphones, grab your Spotify wrapped, all the above. And let's get into today's episode with Mike Will Made It. All right, Mike, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. I'm good. How are you, brother? Good, good. Um, so before we get into everything that you're up to, we always start off with the question of what the term young influential means to you. Uh, young influential. Um, young influential. I mean, I feel like young influential means a trailblazer. I feel like it means a risk taker. I feel like it means like, um, you know what I'm saying? Um, innovative, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like just... To be to even be influential, you know what I'm saying. You have to be all the, all those things, and then when you're young, it, it just points out being like on a journey, you know what I'm saying, or just getting started, or like having a vision where you like, you know what I'm saying. You're still like uh, learning and still growing and still have room to expand or whatnot. I think it's a combination of all that. And that that's really good. And I feel like you brought up a good point too, where it's like innovation and stuff doesn't come at just like a certain age. It can come when you're 12, 13, 20, 50, it come at any time and point. So this whole notion of us feeling like you have to be a certain, at a certain point in life or a certain age to do impactful stuff is just not true. So that's like a really good point. Nah, I feel like, I feel like the best time you could do something impactful is when you get it. Like that, that might be the best time, but I don't know. I don't know. I take that back because sometimes it's an art to ignorance. Like, it's an art to not not getting it. So that's where a lot of times, like, we end up finding ourselves doing stuff at an early age or at a young age. You know what I'm saying? Like, even with me, like, I was, like, running around 16 with Gucci Man and, like, doing Gucci Man mixtapes. And, like, they came out when I was 18. And, like, I was, like, at, like, 21. You know what I'm saying? I had, song, I had all the songs in the underground scene. And then it was, like... By the time I'm 23, I have a production team. And like this production team was something that I ideally wanted to put together or come up with when I was in high school. But it started like really coming together as I was growing. So I, I feel like once you put your mind to something and you set forth at it, I feel like that's what that's what really is going to set you on your path to, you know what I'm saying, doing something innovative and, and capitalizing on it. And I, I'm, you know what I'm saying, like I'm strong on like the product supply chain and just paying attention to that. I feel like a lot of times people creating a business or, you know, I just feel like a lot of times it's hard to, it's hard, 
It depends on what you want to do and when you're being innovative. You know what I'm saying? If you want to make it into a business, I guess I'll just jump straight into business. You know what I'm saying? When I started talking about the product supply chain, my bad. But um, yeah, I just feel like you're right though, man. There's really no age on it. But I just feel like it's an art to ignorance. So that's why a lot of people like have that breakthrough success, like that that first honest like breakthrough success. Because people are, honestly, they just want something to look at. That's what it's about as far as no, that's that's no, that's true. That's a good point. And um, just to like rewind us back, like because you you brought in such a really good point. Um, going into like, can you take us back to like your childhood of like what were those main first influences that inspired you uh, growing up, like wanting to get into music? It was really man just listening to all all types of different music. My mom, she was she was like stronger to the gospel music and like R&B, like older R&B. And then um, my my pops, like he had like, he was like a DJ. So he had like all types of different bands, like Earth, Wind & Fire, you know what I'm saying? Michael Jackson albums, like Temptations, like Al Green, like everybody, like the oldies, you know what I'm saying? Like and he would, he would like point out like panning, like effects and all that different kind of stuff. Like when I'm listening to music and then I started like, my my older sister, she like she like a lot of rap music, and then my other sister, she liked a lot of like R and B pop music. So I was hearing like everything, and then like my my music of choice was like hip hop off the rip, and like I was like more gravitated to like well, like in the nineties, it was like a West Coast sound. It was like you got Dr. Dre, you got I, I remember like the first rap song I feel like I learned was like down there like Coolio or something, like, you know what I'm saying, like. <laughs> You feel me? And it was just, it was like Tupac, and and then even like Outkast was working, was like rapping on like a a West Coast vibe, and then like um, then I was like, like into like Puff, you know what I'm saying, and everything that he was doing like with with like R and B and hip hop and just like his sound and everything like that. I don't know, just being like a student of the music the whole time, just seeing that every everything just start evolving, like you know what I'm saying. I feel like like Manny Fresh and like Hypnotized Mind, like they started giving like the South like a sound, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like like that Memphis sound was just like that that dark, turned up, like, you know what I'm saying? Rock rock kind of feel, mm-hmm. hip hop, you know what I'm saying? But then it's like, then you got Manny Fresh, he just, his shit just sounds so cool and just makes you want to move and just makes you want to bop. And then it's like, then you got Lil John coming after that. And that's when I started really playing, paying attention to like producers and stuff. Like during like the early two thousands, like I really started paying attention to it. Like, with, like as far as production, and like as I as I evolved, I started paying attention to production in different ways because I started understanding production in different ways. I just really started grasping it in different ways. Like you know what I'm saying? At that time, it was just like how how it just made me naturally feel and just made me like move or just you know. Like that kind of vibe, but then later on, I just started. Um, like I learned about music theory in Georgia State. That's when I really started learning about like just any composer or artist or anything. Like how how you can identify like okay, this is this this person because like they're leaving their DNA on it. When you when you just study like these different. I remember the first time I took a test in that class. Like my teacher was just telling me like, man, yo. I'm just gonna play. I'm gonna play like different pieces from these from these different composers, and you just have to just say who who you know what I'm saying the composer is. And I'm, I'm like, man, how, how am I supposed to know? You know what I'm saying? Like I, to me, it just sounded like a symphony. And the, um, he was just like, man, yo, when you listen to Jay Z or you listen to Kanye West, like you know the difference, right? Like you know the difference between like Diddy and you know what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. And he was like, okay, so when you listen to this, like certain compositions or certain pieces will come in real subtle and quiet, and then they'll just raise into something real suspenseful, or either certain things that just be like come in just very intense, or certain things that just sound real happy. And it's like you'll start picking up on like, oh, okay, this is this is this. This is this guy. This is, you know what I'm saying? This was written by this person or this was written by that person. So I started looking at production different then. You know what I'm saying? When I started looking at it like that, like, you know what I'm saying? Because at that time I was trying to build my production team. And yeah, it just, it just helped me with all that because 
like when you when you start some when 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 you but when you when you do something innovative, it's like and when you start something, you might not think about the business aspect mm-hmm. of it. Or you might not be thinking about everything into it. You just might have just a good idea. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's so much that goes into it. And it's like, when I learned that part from music theory right there, that was when I when I really started realizing, like, okay, this how you this how you put your DNA. Like, like I said, Manny Fresh just he had like that bop or like hypnotized mind. They had like that that dark rock and roll kind of rap. And then Dr. Trey, you know what I'm saying? They had like in the nineties R and B, like it had like those live instruments with the like with the beat or the drum machine beats or like the samples, you know what I'm saying, with the drum machines, like it, it had all of that in there, you know what I'm saying? And then you were just then I was able to identify these different producers and, and like the sounds that they were bringing to like the production that they were doing. You just start really start learning it like when you really start like just because as a producer, you have to you can't just can't just make a beat and, and call yourself a producer. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you have to be able to make a beat, engineer, write a song. Like you have to be able to do the whole process that it takes to make a record hands-on or hands-off. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing. But I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I want to do music production or I want to do songwriting. And they expect to be like the next ex Sharon or the next baby face or the next whatever. And it's like you have to give yourself that grace and that time to really get to that level. And like you said, like through trial and error and just like not feeling like you need to have like the business plan or, you know, this is the sound I'm going to have, this is the things I'm going to have. But kind of giving yourself that grace period to really learn and grow and like test new sounds and test new genres and mess with Man, you know you know how that you know how they say them ten thousand hours like that shit is not just like a rhyme or like a riddle like it literally takes like at least ten thousand hours like like you said it's a whole process because you start looking at things differently like if i like i started i made my first beat when i was 14 it was like it was it was like guitar center but it was called mars music Oh, I remember, I remember Mars. Yeah. yeah, we had that in Atlanta, I think. Yeah, exactly. I think we had it there, yeah. Exactly. So, boom, I went to Mars Music, and, and like, I used to just mess around on the keyboard and just play on the keyboard, and my homeboy used to tell me, like, man, bro, you should make beats, because I, I could, like, hear some, certain things on the radio, and then I could just, like, play it back or find a way to play it back. And he was like, man, you should make beats. And I'm like, man, I was playing sports at the time, so I, I didn't even really know what he meant by making beats. I went to Mars Music, and then I saw the MPC there, and I remember seeing those like on a lot of hip-hop DVDs and stuff. So I was like, man, hey, how do I use this? And then they showed me. So I'm, I took that um, I took that little, that little um, I think it was like a Nokia or I forgot what kind of ringtone mm-hmm. that was in that Hollaback Youngin. Uh-huh. That did it, did it, do do. Yeah, I, I took that, boom, made a beat around it. I remember that shit like it was yesterday. I never forget it. And they were asking me like, "Damn, like, 
man, how long you been making beats? And I'm like, man, this really the first beat. Like, y'all just show me, y'all just show me how to use this. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there was the NPC 2000. I was like, and they were like, man, you should start making beats. So then I, I was like, okay, this might be a calling. So I told my pops, like, man, I want to make beats. So he got me a beat machine when I was like 14. There was a core ES1. And I, I just started making beats on there. I taught myself how to make beats, taught myself how to count bars, all that different kind of stuff. Just just teaching myself just an art to ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Right then and there, I knew in my mind I wanted to be as big as, like, because this one little John was going fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? I just knew he was going crazy. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't looking at the music theory or anything like that. I was just knew little John was going crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because and he I knew, dropped so many good hits. Like, because I was in, yeah. I lived in Atlanta during that time too. Like, oh, like oh one oh four, and so yeah. I just remember that time, and I'm like, oh, this is definitely like a little John song, and he's producing for everybody. Like I remember when he did like he was doing stuff for like the like rockers, and then he did stuff for like the hip like the typical like hip hop veterans and stuff, and just seeing like how no matter what genre he was messing with, just being like you said, like you could hear yeah. his like signature on whatever. Yeah, thing he, was doing. he had it turned up. And you know he had it turned up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even when there was an R&B song that's laid back, it's like that voice, you know what I'm saying? It was just signature. Like, man, it's a little John joint. You know he going to have like a, a chanty part. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know you know what it is. Like, and it's going to be sticky. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just know what it is. And, and like, over over time, like, like with Lil John, he gonna have that sticky mm-hmm. melody and them drums. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and you know what I'm saying? He gonna, he gonna, and he was like a good blend in between, like how Manny Fresh and like Hypnotized Mind was kind of coming at for me. You know what I'm saying? Because he could make you move. It could feel bright and it could feel like dark and like turned up. Like you know what I'm saying with the drums and like the sticky melodies. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Manny Fresh always had a beat like with Real Big. I remember when Real Big came out, I was like. By the first second in, I was like, this is Manny Fresh. Like, yeah, this is that, like, real. thick bass and, the, like yeah. you said, that Midwest sound. <laughs> Word. So, so like, as, as I started making beats, it was like I was making beats and I was like, I was making beats and then I, 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 got, a, I got a couple of my beats to, um, to Gucci Man, right? And then, uh, like, I, I had, like, I was in a, a group on my side of town and we had, like, a crazy buzz. Like, we had, like, a crazy buzz, and we were, like, performing with, like, Shotty Low and, like, all the guys from the west side, all the, all the guys from the west side of town, they would come to, like, my side of town um, and Cobb. We would be, like, the opening act, but we had, like, a crazy buzz because all the, all the people out there, they knew our song. So, at this time, we just we just playing around making music, and it's like, man, but we got, like, a we got like a movement and stuff. So, then it's like, boom, I go from there to you know, doing beats for Gucci. And then I'm, I'm making the beats for Gucci. And then, like, though, I graduate high school and then those beats come out. And then, boom, like, they hit the club. And, like, man, like, two or three songs I got with Gucci ended up being, like, like classic A-Town mixtape records. Like, you can play them in the club right now. They're going to know them. And it's like, I'm like, okay, bam. But I'm still right here, like you know what I'm saying. I still, I still ain't make a, I ain't make a, I ain't make nothing. You know what I'm saying? But it's like I'm, my name is ringing bells. Like now it's ringing bells in the city, and around the city. But and now it's not just on my side of town. But it's like okay, how do I turn this into like something like, and um and then like um, my uncle Alice, like somebody that I looked up to, he was like a genius musician. Like play the guitar, play everything, play the piano, play everything. Like and he used to. He used to be in the in the basement every day. You know what I'm saying? He used to always buy equipment and he used to just make bangers every day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just all day. And but he never had a song like on the radio or on anybody's album or anything like that. I was just looking at it, I was like, man, damn. Like, all right, boom, I got these, I got like 20 some songs out with Gooch. Boom, like song, I got a couple songs going on the mixtape, a couple songs going in the club. All right, how do I turn this into something? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, what's the difference between all these producers that I'm looking at with like this sound and like this movement? And like, cause it started evolving. Like I'm looking at Kanye West, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking it's at- It's like Pharrell, all, all there's these, like so many Tim, in time. Timbaland, yeah, Tim, yeah Timbaland, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at everybody and I'm just like, man, look, what's the difference? I'm like, oh, I gotta have like a production team it's, it's like McDonald's. Now now I can break it down like this. It's like McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? It's like having like a whole menu. I had to realize that 
man, not only am I a music producer, like I'm a curator. You know what I'm saying? So like, even when I'm producing a song, I'm curating a song. You know what I'm saying? Or like, when even when I built my team, I'm curating the team. When I executive produce an album, I'm curating this album. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm a curator, and I and I feel like with with that, with understanding that, I'm like, okay, boom, I, I need to build a production team. I see puffing the hitman. You know what I'm saying? I see like Lil John and how you know what I'm saying how he does it. I see Polo the Don and how he does it. I see Dr. Dre and how he does it. I see. You know what I'm saying? I'm, and I'm seeing all these different guys and how they do it and how they're bringing a sound and how they have a team and how they, you know what I'm saying? Like, touch so many different genres and so many different artists and so many different, you know what I'm saying, frequencies. And like, okay, boom. So I'm like, man, okay, I need to do that. So boom, we're, we're going to call this Ear Drummers. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're going to call this this company Ear Drummers. And I'm, and I'm going to only link up with like producers who I think is on like my level or better and like that I think that we can like come through and be like risky and like risk takers and like trailblazers and like, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like push the, you know what I'm saying? Like push like a new sound, like come through with a, with our new sound. Like what's our new sound? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I've seen all these different guys come mm-hmm. through like with with like their sound and like this wave and like, you know what I'm saying? And um, and so I'm like, okay, man, if we're going to do it, like, I'm thinking Apex. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking like, man, let's do it. Let's do it the biggest. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and so, um, and so on the on the journey, you know. Well, am I? My bad. I'm, I might be no, rambling. No, no, you can interject no, this is, no, this is good because this is good because I'm like I, I'm one of the I'm a music I'm a music nerd. So like, you can go down a rabbit hole, and I will be like, yo, I'm taking notes. But like, you were saying air drummer. So like, how did you got? How did you like? find the different artists to sign and like find the different um, like people to work with. Like how did that kind of go? Were you guys like, just like going through like YouTube and SoundCloud or was it more of just like actually going to the clubs and places? It was like, I was in the club every night. I've been going to the open mic since I was like in my first group when I was 14, 15 on school nights, I was going all around the city from, you know what I'm saying? I was on the North, I lived on the Northwest side, you know what I'm saying? But we'll go all the way to the South side to J Paul's, We'll go to the city, to all the different open mics, at, you know what I'm saying, all the different, everybody in the city already, you know what I'm saying, they know my story. They they see me come up out here, like, from the dirt. Like, when I was, I ain't have nothing going on, I was right in the dirt, you know what I'm saying? So, boom, it was like, at the end of the day, I know I always think different, and I always think different, and I'm always thinking, like, got taste. I feel like with having that, you're going you're gonna to go across similar, you know what I'm saying, or like-minded people, you know what I'm saying, or they're going to stand out. Like, those type of people stand out. Naturally, I'm a leader. Like, even when I was in my first group, I was the youngest in the group, right? But I was a producer, and I was the one that would be setting up our shows. So I really never had a problem, like, going out, networking with people and chopping it up with different people and stuff like that. So, boom, the guys in my group, they ended up, like, a couple of them ended up getting locked up. They ended up deciding not to do music, you know what I'm saying? And boom, I ended up running into Gucci Man at Patchwork, and then boom, me and him exchanged numbers, and you know what I'm saying, he ended up getting locked up, and then me and Walker ran into each other in the club, and then and then Walker, we, me and Walker didn't even know, he didn't know I was Mike Will, I didn't know he was Walker Flocker, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just and, was some other guy I just met. <laughs> man, it's crazy how we met, that's a whole other story, it's like, we damn near about about to fight each other the first time we met. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, we we worked past that, and um, we ended up exchanging numbers, and and he and he um he ended up connecting me back with with, with Gucci Man or whatnot. So like around around that time, like I was always like a networking person. So like A plus was the first person with ear drummers. He went to high school with me. He was, in, you know, what I'm saying I've been on him since 11th grade. During all this journey, when I'm meeting all these different guys, A plus was right there. You know what I'm saying? Right there with me. You know what I'm saying? And like he might meet different like independent guys out of the city, and they might have some money, and they might tell them like, "Hey, man, I got seventy five thousand for you right here." You know what I'm saying? Like, come on over here, like sign with me. Like Mike ain't got nothing going on for real. Like you could do the same thing that he got going on. Plus, just never went with it because, you know what I'm saying, it was certain things that I would tell Plus that would make his sound better and certain things that he would tell me that would make my sound better. And we would just sit on the phone and just, 
and make each other sounds better. Like, you know what I'm saying? So we were just locked in. When I came up with the work, with the name Eardrummers, I called Plus. You know what I'm saying? Plus came up with the Eardrummers tag. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then after that, my homeboy, Schooly. Schooly was just my homeboy. He was just somebody who used to come to our shows and different stuff like that. He wasn't making beats or anything. And I taught him how to make beats. And then, boom, me and Schooly just started cooking up together as I was teaching him how to make beats. And then, boom, I had met my brother P. Nasty through a mutual person from our side of town. Um, he was trying to be an artist, and we were we were both working with him. And so he, he saw what I was trying to do with ear drummers, and he knew how talented P. Nasty was. And he connected us, and um, I had met P. Nasty, and I heard P. Nasty's music, and I'm just like, yo, man, it's crazy, bro. You're, you, you're the missing piece. You're a missing piece, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because he had, like, just a different mm-hmm. sound, and he had, he had, like, a polish on his sound, and my my sound had, like, this dirt to it. <laughs> and, and, it and it was like, when, when, I, when I met Gucci, the first time we worked with each other and the first wave of music we came out with, that dirt and that grit, it worked so perfectly because – it was time for that. It was time for that right then. But when I brought it back, when I brought like my next beat CD back to Gucci, when we went back to the studio, he listened through all the beats and was like, "Man, you gotta, you gotta level your sound up, Mike. Will like, you gotta level your shit up." You know what I'm saying? I was like, "Damn, what you like? What you mean about? Yeah, like what you, what you mean by that?" And then he was, just, he was just like, "Man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take it up a notch." He was like, "Don't take it personal." That's what I said. I told they told him the same thing. Like, and then he started dropping shit like. Rockstar Lifestyle, Lemonade, you know what I'm saying? He started working with people like Bangladesh mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying, Drummer Boy, Shawty Red, and I'm and I'm hearing, I'm like, okay, I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing what he's saying. So now I'm trying to push it there. But then my homeboy is Walker. We we going to the club every night. I done damn near tricked him in and start rapping. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know what I'm saying? Now he done became he, he done became a rapper. You know what I'm saying? But he's killing it. Everybody already loves Walker. You know what I'm saying? But this is why I'm telling him like, bro, you need to be a rapper. Everybody already telling him like, man, yo, Walker, you ain't never thought about rapping. They already mentioned it in the tune, but I'm I'm with him every night. We in a club every night and I'm showing them YouTube like, look, bro, these folks already love you. Like, bro, just start rapping. Gucci saying our name, just start rapping. You know what I'm saying? Boom. Walker started rapping. He lit. So next thing you know, but he's telling me when he starts rapping, he don't like where my beats is going. He like, man, you can't, man, your beats sounding too polished, man. You need to go back to the old Mike Will. And he was like, he was like, man, man, I got to introduce you to my brother. Um, he was like, I just met this this young producer named Southside. He was like, man, bro, I got to introduce you to him. Like, man, he gonna bring you back to the old Mike Will. And like, how did and you, like, well, how did you like learn about other beats though, like? I feel like, like you said, like different working with different artists, they're gonna want different needs. So, like, how did you, like, manage that? Like, did, how did you, like, kind of learn different ones, whether it be like different beats from various genres or elsewhere? So, 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 like, even when Walker said that, right? Like, I and me and Walker used to be with each other every day. I, I don't have a placement on a Walker Flocker album. You know what I'm saying? And that's my brother. You know what I'm saying? I, I couldn't meet the needs right then for him, and even with Gucci. I couldn't even meet the needs for Gucci's album, so I had to I had to stay down and work. I had to I had to build my team. I had to create that sound. What is that sound gonna be? What is that? So now it's like I'm linking up with. I got my brother A plus. I'm linking up with. Uh, uh, I got my brother Schooly. I'm linking up with P Nasty. Now P Nasty brings Mars. Mars brings J Bo. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like I'm. I got all my guys right here in the huddle. Like, hey, look, you need to tighten up this on your beats. Here, you need to tighten up this on your beats. You know what I'm saying? He telling him, hey, bro, you need to tighten up that on your beats. And then boom, you know what I'm saying? And then we all working right here within each other and and creating this sound. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses or like, the, you know what I'm saying? Their own type of type of beats. You know what I'm saying? Now we're all like sharing these beats. Like we're, we're hearing mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? We, we at like a certain frequency. Now it's like, okay, we got beats. Now it's like, okay, we have to, if we talk about the product supply chain, okay, the product supply chain, this is how I break it down. I might be wrong. You know what I'm saying? I know we're, I know, I know we're on the, you know what I'm saying, a business website. I don't want to get butchered on the internet. But but this is my layman's terms and, and a good way for me to break it down for my peers and for them to understand. But you know what I'm saying? You have raw materials. So raw materials is that, 
is that raw talent right there, that raw talent out of the basement. You know what I'm saying? We're making the beats and we just have beats and we have sounds and we have beats. Then you have the supplier and then the supplier goes to the factory and the manufacturers. So boom, the supplier is not a person who either brings that beat to the studio or the artist who brings that concept to the studio and like, yo, I need a beat. So now when you're in the factory and you're manufacturing, it's like Coca-Cola. You're not going to drink a Coca-Cola out of a drink box and be like, oh, yeah, let me get that Coke right there. You're going to be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not shaped like a Coke. The bottle's not shaped. You don't see that red and white. You don't see the cursive. You don't see the classic. You know what I'm saying? Like, it takes all of that to make a Coke. Now it's like, okay, boom. We got this beat. We got the, we got a concept, you know what I'm saying? We got to put this on there. Now we got to, you know what I'm saying? We might have to bring it to this songwriter. You know what I'm saying? This songwriter might write the hook. And then this hook might, might you know what I'm saying, be good for this artist. And then this artist sings the hook. And then you bring these artists in and they do the verses. And then now, boom, now you got a song. Now you take it over here and mix it with this engineer. And you argue with this engineer no matter how many times it takes for this mix, whether it's 20 times, 10 times, 30 times, it don't matter until you get the right product and then you take it to the label, which is a distributor. And a lot of times artists, they, they get upset with their label and they say like, man, yo, like, man, I don't know, my label, man, they sleeping on me or my label this <laughs> and my label that. Man, the label just wants to distribute. They just want to take your take this product that you create, that you manufacture and put it on the shelves to the retailer, to Apple Music, to Spotify, to, to Tidal, um, so TikTok, <laughs> Tidal, you know what I'm saying? YouTube, they're putting it on the shelf, you know what I'm saying? And then it goes to the consumer. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like once, once, once I started looking at it like that, like that's when I was like, okay, I have to focus on the first three steps, the raw material, the supplier, the manufacturer. I'm the creative, you know what I'm saying? I got to focus right here, you know what I'm saying? And I know... Eardrummers is part of the distribution process. So we have to have that eardrummers menu like McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? We have to have the breakfast, the lunch, the the desserts, the you know what I'm saying, the everything the that makes up that menu. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and that's what eardrummers was. That's that's what that's what Mike Will, P Nasty, uh J Bo, A Plus, Mars. You know what I'm saying? Ray Shrim. That's where everybody is. You know what I'm saying? Like right there. It's like, that's that eardrummer menu. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that McDonald's menu. And it was like curating that. Like just the same way they curated McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Curating that and understanding the product supply chain and, and being able to output uh, a certain level of quality product to the world to be able to build a brand that's trusted. You know what I'm saying? Where they know like when they hear Mike Will Made it or they hear Eardrummers, they either love it or they either hate it. And they love it for whatever reason or they hate it for whatever reason. I was going to say like speaking of that, like speaking of you brought up a good point earlier about like working with different artists. Like for instance, like uh, the song 23, like you were working with Miley and Wiz Khalifa and like all them like in an instance where it's like not just different artists but artists from different genres. Like how does like working on a track like that uh, like come together because I feel like you're working you're trying to balance to make sure like each person feels heard but also that it sounds authentic to like that artist and stuff but also then has the sound of like what you're used to putting out so like how does like something like that come about so it's like that right there it's like okay boom I hear this cool beat from my boy P. Nancy I'm like man bro this beat is crazy like you know what I'm saying and I'm like man yo I take that beat and I take um we can't stop to um, my boy Teron. Boom, Teron, hell of a songwriter. You know what I'm saying? He, all he, he's just a walking jukebox. All he does is drop hits. So I go to Teron, I give him some beats. I'm like, bro, man, man, we gotta make, I'm trying to make this the new wave. I'm working on making this the new wave, this the new sound. So it's like, we need to have these top lines. So he does a song about Jordans on it. Very broad topic. Like it, it just taps the sneaker culture. So it's like, okay, a sneaker culture song. So it's a culture record. I need to get a pop girl on here rapping about having on some J's, bro. Like, like I wanted like Rihanna. I wanted like, I wanted different people. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, I was about to go in the studio with Miley Cyrus to do We Can't Stop. So I was like, man, bro, if I can get Miley to do, <laughs> bro, if I can get Miley to rap this, bro, about some Jordans, bro, 
man, that shit gonna be big for Jordan. That shit gonna just, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't even really thinking about just like necessarily like my brand. I was just thinking about putting together something cool for the culture. Like, and I was just buying Jordans at the time. And it was just <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just, it was just cool. It was like, man, I, I never had met Michael Jordan before. I ain't never really like the Jordan brand just seemed so like far fetched. It was just like, man, damn, like this is, this is gonna be hard. Like, if, Nobody even seeing this coming. One, Miley rapping, and two, about Jordans. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't even know. At this time, we don't even know, like, does she wear Jordans or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, man, boom, I hope she gets the concept. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, boom, I, I, I go to the studio with her, and I'm like, yo, I got this idea. And it's crazy. The day before, I had Juicy J and uh, Wiz, they pulled up on me. And I just had a whole session with them, and we were just doing, like, a bunch of different records. And then I was like, bruh, I got this one song, bruh. I hope Miley gets on this, bruh. Either way, I'm going to get, uh, um, uh, uh, like, a pop chick on here. But I, I feel like Miley will do it just because she likes We Can't Stop. I feel like she'll do it. I'm like, man. So I'm like, man, hey, yo, hey, Juice. Wiz, I'm like, hey, bro, I got, I got this song, man. I'm, I'm gonna do a Miley tomorrow. I'm gonna do two songs, but I'm gonna do this one. I'm gonna do that one. You know what I'm saying? They were like, oh yeah. They, they, I let them hear it, and then they were like, damn, you think she gonna rap? I was like, bro, I hope so. You know what I'm saying? And they, were, they were like, man, <laughs> I have to find out. Yeah, they were, they were like, man, I think, I think she will, man. This should be turned up. So they did their verses, and then the next day, I go to the studio. I go to the studio with Miley, and then. I'm like, we do, we can't stop. And then I'm like, hey, yo, man, so look, I got this idea. Like, if we're going to work together, man, like, we got to just try different things. Like, this this how we're going to, like, be able to, like, because she was trying to, like, just just try something new, like, break through. That was, like, she off of Disney now. She's trying to break through as an artist. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, man, we got to just try different things. Like, man, you young, you cool. Like, I feel like the new generation, there's no, there's no person my age. I'm 34. There's no person my age or younger that didn't grow up listening to multi-genres. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We all grew up MTV babies. You know what I'm saying? We could flip right over to BET or VH1 or CMT, whatever. we. You know what I'm saying? We could just flip right there. We was, we, we all grew up like that, all the way to streaming babies. Like It's even more like everybody's listening to all types of genres. So it's like, I don't feel like, to me, in my mind, I don't see how that's far-fetched. You know what I'm saying? Like, that song right there, it was just a great idea. You know what I'm saying? I don't even see how it was far-fetched. But I see why it was, like, such a mind twist or, like, a mind fuck for, like, people. And, and, and they look at it like, hold on, what? You know what I'm saying? What am I? What am I listening to right mm -hmm. now? So even and when, like it's a vibe though. Yeah, so it's an all the way vibe. So it's like, I, I, if I get her on on this bounce right here, like this down south a town bounce right here, and it's just and it's just cool. It don't sound forced. It just sounds cool. Hopefully she gets it. So I, I, I let her hear it, and she's like, "No, nah, I don't know about that. Like, I don't want to be like, I want to be like a rapper or anything. I don't want people to <laughs> like get it confused and think I want to rap." I'm like, "Nah, you're not a rapper. Like, you're literally, man. It's like us working with each other. It's like I just like to take artists out of their box. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing I wanted to be known as as a producer. It's like, man, when when an artist works with Mike Will." It's like, man, I want them to look at, I want I want a person, I want the consumer to receive it like, man, Mike always has an artist do something different or like he always produces that record that I always wanted from this artist but never knew I needed from this artist. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like that's what I'm always aiming for. So it's like, um, boom, I'm I'm telling her this. I'm like, yo, she's like, man, I'm going to sound stupid. Like trying, I'm like, no, we're going to go bar for bar and we're going to make sure this is perfect. Man, it's gonna come out too perfect. Only if you with it, though. You know what I'm saying? She was like, I mean, I try it. I try it. I was like, all right, bet. <laughs> Boom. We go bar for bar. It's perfect. Now her label, they love the song, and they, and Miley was like, it's not for my album. You know what I'm saying? And Wiz and Juicy just dropped. So I'm like, man, yo, I've been dropping mixtapes. I put it out as my single, and they were like, hell yeah, like it makes it makes sense because it's like your idea and you put it together. I was like, man, all right, bet. Say less. And this song had like. At this time, like me and me and me and the team, man, probably like 10, 10 songs on the radio, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't even know. It was a, it was a lot of songs. Yeah, it was a lot because I remember when that one came out. I was like, I felt like, yeah, you had like numerous. For real, it was, it was like it was so many at that time. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of songs on the radio. So, <laughs> so it was like, man, at this time, I'm like, man, yo, I'm gonna take this song 
I do the same. I have, I run the same play. I just take the song, come back to Atlanta. I pull up to certain different spots. I see how people react. I pull up on certain DJs, pull up on certain creatives, see how they react. And then, boom, I, I know exactly what I got. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly. If it's cool in Atlanta, it's cool everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, bet. So her, her label was telling me, like, Mike, you can put the song out, but you need to move Miley you might need to move her last because she doesn't work on radio, urban radios. Like she doesn't have an urban record. I'm like, no, we're gonna keep her first. Just, <laughs> just, to, just You're like to, I said what I said. Yeah, just, to, just to throw everybody's whole mind off. Like, who is this rapping? Hold on, this Miley Cyrus. Hold on, run that back. You know what I'm saying? And then you know what I'm saying? Like, like they end up loving the whole joint, and then it's like shoot a dope video, and they see it, and it's like, and it's not all for, and it doesn't nothing about it seems forced. It all seems organic. And I feel like that's what I that's what I try to do, like as a producer, like try to put together those collaborations and make it seem organic and make it seem like everybody was in the room or everybody might have just came up with this, you know what I'm saying, together. And it's not you know what I'm saying? It's not taking anybody too far out of their, you know what I'm saying? Out of their comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of times whenever I feel like that's also a hard time that when you also when you work with like brands and stuff and like other and networks where they're like, Oh, we want you to do music or do that for that, but it's like, okay, like, can I be fully myself? Or are you guys trying to edit me and cut me like into being more like radio airwave ready? Like I know mm-hmm. you like done stuff with like ESPN and stuff. Do you feel like you run into that problem where you feel like, okay, I got to like edit or come a certain way. I can't really like do it how I want to do it. I, I did feel like that at a certain point when I was coming up and rightfully so it was like my first time doing things like this, like commercials or movies or different things like that. So like when I'm coming into it, all you hear is target. Like when I was coming up target, all you can do is go get a job. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't go in there. <laughs> you can't really go in there telling anybody nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that's, a, that's the only thing I, I like, I see like with target or like, I see with like any of these big brands. So, um, until you build like a brand and it's a trusted brand and that's what your brand represents. As soon as you do that, it probably didn't have to take that long, but it was just like the mentality it took. It, it, like it took some time for me to get out of the mentality of, and and knowing what it was that I was doing because I didn't even realize at that time like I knew what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to be like a successful producer and I knew I wanted to bring different sounds together and bring different collaborations together and like just put together like these rare pieces of music you know what I'm saying out here and um I knew I wanted to do that and that's how, that's about all that I was looking at it as like I, I set like a first like our first list of goals, like with the team, was like, man, we're gonna get a radio placement. We're gonna put out an artist. Um, we're gonna get a record label, and um, we're gonna get on. We're gonna get an album placement. We're gonna get on the radio, and we're gonna be known as producers. That was our first list of goals. You know what I'm saying? Boom, we checked them shits off. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like, oh shit, what do we do next? Now it's like, okay. We got to put out this successful artist. Now we put out this successful artist. It's like, oh shit, what do we do next? And it's like, knowing, knowing to keep setting those goals and knowing what's next really helped. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I feel like also, it's also very key to like, not feel like you're too far gone. It's, I feel like a lot of times like artists and stuff, whether artists, creators, or anybody successful, they like will reach a certain point and forget to like give back and reach back. And like, I know with you, like you have, foundation and stuff that you give back to and um charities and things so like kind of like how do you how do you also like balance that within like reaching a certain part getting in different rooms but also being like okay no i still got to do this i still got to help out i still got to reach back and like make sure i'm not getting too like far gone i I feel like i feel like it's just i feel like what, what we're getting to is just um knowing your place like knowing your place, knowing what you, knowing your brand's place, knowing what you represent, knowing what like what part of the product supply chain you're on, and what what product are you creating? Like, what's the what's the beginning, middle, and end look like? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's like if we're making music, then the raw materials is the snares, the the ideas of the songs, the whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the supplier brings that to the studio. Boom, it goes to the record label. It goes to the retailer, you know what I'm saying? If we're making uh, food, then it's whatever key ingredients, whatever the raw materials is to create this hamburger patty, and then it gets distributed to the grocery store and everything like that. Once you know 
if you're on the, the are you the farmer? Are you supplying the, the 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 raw materials to the factory? Are you doing the marketing plan once this all gets packaged up? You know what I'm saying? Are you the distributor? Are you, you know what I'm saying, sending it out? Are you and just knowing knowing like like what what your what your position is and then what what position your brand holds, I think that that keeps your integrity when you do go into brand partnerships. Because some some partnerships don't don't actually make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes just jumping at every partnership and just like, oh, just excited that you're that you're working with this partnership, then you'll find yourself editing or doing just different things. Or like you're kind of like a work for hire. It's not really like a mm-hmm. collaboration. But like once you have like a brand, like I feel like at this point, like even with ESPN, like how they came to me and they have me as like like a curator for like the NBA the the NBA season on ESPN, like that right there is like like now I can have conversations with them like nah, nah, I think I think we should use this sound or like look here here go like a list of beats mm-hmm. or like yeah we should use this artist or like okay yeah we should get this different edit to this song and we should put this one version out like this and da 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 because at this point like ESPN is like they just came to me and heard. All the new, like, they just came to me and like, yo, what have you been working on? They came to Giant first, and I just partnered up with Giant Music. And they were like, man, like, what are you guys working on? Like, man, we're just digging for music. And they were like, yo, we just did a a, a partnership with Mike Will. So they were like, Mike Will? Like, damn, what's he been working on? So they set up a meeting, and boom, I played them a bunch of music. And then they heard all this music. They're like, yo, man, we never even came to a producer before, but... (laughs) <laughs> like man, we like we we want to use like almost all these songs or all these beats, you know what I'm saying, on our on our station. And like man, can you can you curate the sound for the NBA season? I'm like, I'm like man, hell yeah, you know what I'm saying. They were like, man, we had a couple ideas, we had a couple people that you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying we we're gonna reach out to, but we, man, we might as well just lock this in. So we we popped it off with different breed, and then I gave them like I. I went through a bunch of different beats and then they picked a bunch of different beats that they loved. And then it's just, I'm playing different beats from like the different guys on the, on the, on the team or playing different beats from me. And this is like this eardrummer sound. This is like a sound that over the last decade, like, you know what I'm saying? We've hit the target and that frequency has, has came through and like cut through and, like the mainstream of music sound and everybody's like, well, already known everybody already knows what it sounds like so it's not like you're shocking anybody's system it's like it's like knowing that mcdonald's breakfast breakfast you know what i'm saying <laughs> we smelling all know those it. pancakes yeah yeah smelling it or just you know what i'm saying knowing knowing that knowing that burger you know what i'm saying being blindfolded you know what i'm saying it's just it's just knowing that and it was like when i when i took a step back hindsight is always 2020 so like when i take a step back now and i look at all this stuff now and the way i could break it down now is like it's like boom we, we we we've we've created we've created that that brand you know what i'm saying we've created that menu in the, in our 30s like in my 30s right i can't look at it like my 20s 20s i was just creating i was just freestyling just running and creating in my in my 30s is like now i can understand like okay Boom. This is this is what this is what has to be brought. Even giving back. Like I like to give back to, you know what I'm saying, certain people who might not have had any light in the tunnel or like any any type of hope or thought like, man, this shit is damn near impossible. Like the the impossible is possible. You know what I'm saying? Like impossible couldn't be impossible without the word possible. You know what I'm saying? Like you you can't even spell impossible without possible. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like like understanding that, you know what I'm saying? And just and understanding that is 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 shorter to say possible than it is impossible. You know what I'm saying? And it's quicker, it's easier. Like if we were buying letters, it would be cheaper. You know what I'm saying? Just look at it like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, but like under, understanding that and, and getting a, a team of people and, and curating a brand and understanding what you're understanding what you're doing. You can freestyle on your business to start off, but like at a certain point, you gotta be like directional. And yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta be directional. And I feel like that's how you end up understanding how to give back and how to, you know what I'm saying, expand and how to, you know what I'm saying, actually do your service job. Like if you're doing, if a production company is still a service job, you're still producing, 
you know what I'm saying, a sound or music or whatever for whatever it is. So it's like you're able to do your service job at its max, you know what I'm saying, because you understand what it is that you're trying to do. I understand what, what it is that ESPN is looking for, so I know how to deliver that with my production team. To be a super producer, I don't have to sit here and make all the beats, engineer every song, mm-hmm. get every, do every set. I'm not a magician, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like to be able to coach. Like I, like you said, you can get to a certain level and then you can start feeling like... Yeah, like, like I don't need anybody. I can do I it all myself. Yeah. Exactly. You, you can get right there. But it's like, man, when I when I got... Or, I, or you can get to a certain level and just not know where to go. You know what I'm saying? And just mm-hmm. be like, man, damn, where do I go? And I had got to a certain level and 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 really just looked at I never looked at it like I could do everything myself but I but I looked at it like man I've done everything I I, I won a Grammy I went number one I put a lot of producers on uh you know what I'm saying I made I checked off all everything that was on my list so like now what do I do next you know what I'm saying I lost my hard drives my label deal just ended I'm like what do I do next and I had to realize like okay I'm a coach you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like I, I got this production team all these guys got, you know what I'm saying, catalogs from from us, you know what I'm saying, us working together and, and focusing on our on our first three parts of the product supply chain and just nailing these songs and getting them out. You know what I'm saying? So now we got over 200 songs that we produce out here. And you know what I'm saying? No telling how many went platinum, how many went gold, how many won Grammys. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even, we, we weren't even keeping count, just head down, just straight working. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Then it's like, okay, I'm a coach. Let me just coach these guys. Uh, Roddy Rich wants to go in the studio. Hey, Roddy Rich, I ain't going to lie. I retired music. Like around seven, around 2018, 2019, when all that was going on, I retired music. So I told Roddy Rich when I, when I met him in 2019, I said, hey, man, I ain't going to lie. I'm not, I'm, I haven't even been in the studio. I haven't been, been making any beats. I don't even know if that's even still me. But I'm going to put you with my guy, 30 Rock. He part of the air drummer team, and I know y'all gonna make a banger, bro. Like what you looking for from me, you gonna get from him for sure. And boom, they made the box, and that shit fucking went diamond. You know what I'm saying? And I feel and, like that's key too. Like to feel like you said, like to be like, you know what? Like I'm not, I'm not the best person. I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, if it's not through me, then I don't want to help. And it's like you have to like know, be, know what you know and know what you don't know. So like for you to be in the team, be like, hey, like. I don't know if I'm the best person, but let me like put you over here with so-and-so. Like, I feel like that's also a sign of strength. And I feel like a lot of times like people think that like, Oh no, like if I can't do it and I don't want to give it to someone. who just like, it's like, no, like that's a sign of strength. Like yeah, to be able to that, point to who can do it better. That's being a strong coach and knowing who to put in and who to put where and how to, and how to navigate. That's being a strong coach. So then I started feeling like, okay, I started seeing like my strengths of being a coach. I was seeing it even being a producer and putting songs together, but I started seeing it right there, like putting like taking a step back. Like I don't want to produce this, but you know what I'm saying? Not that I don't want to, but I'm not even in a mind state to mm-hmm. even do it. You know what I'm saying? But I know that these guys can do it. And like seeing that become successful and like seeing like different people that you put in position become so successful Everybody who's on that menu, the breakfast is booming. If this is McDonald's, the breakfast is booming, the lunch is booming, you know what I'm saying? The desserts is booming, everything is booming. You know what I'm saying? And um to see that right there, I never wanted to be that person that took a step backwards and wanted to go start Big Macs mm-hmm. and and just to show that I can get it booming like McDonald's. But then it's like I started looking at myself like Phil Jackson, like I'm the coach like that. Like I'm out the game and I'm just doing it like this, but I'm like, no, I just lost my hard drive. So I'm really Kobe. I, I just rolled my ankle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody looks at it like, man, you, you still have your jersey on. You know what I'm saying? You still have that ear drummer jersey on. Like, we need to hear some some more, like, Mike Will Productions and, you know what I'm saying, different stuff like that. So then it's like, okay, boom. Now I have, um, I have bought, like, during that time right there, like, 2018, I had bought, well, 2017, I bought this 20,000 square foot art gallery in Atlanta, you know what I'm saying, right in the city. And um, boom, I just knew I wanted it to be a creative hub. I knew I wanted, I wanted it to be like a culture center where I wanted like my, my brother, he, um, he, he had came, my brother B. Wright, he had came up with the Eardrummer logo and um, he was running all the, he started off as my assistant and then he was running all the marketing for, for Eardrummers when it became official. And um, 
boom. So he was moving around with me. Now he started his own marketing agency called Six Degrees. Now they they're doing probably five activations a week, you know what I'm saying, with all these different corporations around the country. Like, you know what I'm saying? Him and his, him and Dez, and they have a strong team over there. Like, um, they came from Morehouse. They're Morehouse graduates. This is like an extension of that, of like the Air Drummer brand. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's more a part of the menu. Now it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like the playground. Yeah, you got the cookies on there. The yeah, cookies yeah. In, the, in the mix. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, and it's like, where, where do you go when Big Mac becomes the number one selling burger? If you're not going to go, if you're not going to go open up Big Macs, because that's what most people do. When Big Macs becomes the number one selling burger, like you said, everybody feels like I don't need nobody and da, da, da. So they go open up Big Macs. But where, like, if you're thinking about expansion, where would you go? Yeah. Where would you go? Oh me, as McDonald's. If you were the, if, if 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 you were the one who brought the lunch to the to the menu, and I brought the 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 breakfast, and you know what I'm saying. I guess we would do dinner, and then like I guess expand into different desserts. Yeah. All right. That, that's a that's an idea. To me, I feel like in sales. If we think about sales, and I don't know if McDonald's ever thought about this, but McDonald's, if you if you guys do this, if y'all decide to use this idea, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I will take a cut. Yeah, I we will, need our ten percent. I, I will take a consultant fee. You know what I'm saying? Fifteen percent, actually. Uh, I didn't say any numbers. I just said a consultant fee. But um, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, like. To me, the way my mind looks at it is when number, when Big Mac becomes the number one selling burger, then you go to Frozen. You go Frozen. You go Frozen Big Macs. Now you go in the Frozen food section when they see that red bag with the gold arches, you know what I'm saying, all this branding and all this, you know what I'm saying, all the right branding and all the right everything, boom. And they got Big Macs right there. You get a, a bag full of five Big Macs in the frozen food section. <laughs> you turn it around to the back. Now it's telling you how to make a, a McDonald's McFlurry. Now you're in the store and you're buying different ice creams or different uh, McDonald's cookies and McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, why not go grocery store? We got the fast food booming. Why not take over the grocery store and expand it like that instead, no, of, going to go, instead of going to go open up Big Macs? You know what I'm saying? And, and just to show that you can take Big Macs just as far as you took McDonald's. See, I feel like a lot of times people start at one. You got to be ready to be uncomfortable, man. That's the thing. That's like, that's the real thing. I feel like, I feel like that's the real thing. You yeah, I feel like a like, lot of times like people, like they, they're like, oh, like I'll, I'll expand or I'll do this and that when I get like to this age, or when I get like this amount in the bank or when I, no X, Y, and Z. It's like you kind of just have to. You have to be going. uncomfortable. You to, yeah, you just got to do it. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable. You got to think about it. Anything in life, the only time you you really level up or like you really like break through or like you really did something is when you're uncomfortable. Like when you're working out, when your heart starts beating real hard, when you start breathing real hard, you did something. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? When you're in the steam room and you almost, like, you, you know what I'm saying? You feel like you can't take anymore. Like, that's that state of being uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable. So a lot of times people start off uncomfortable or a lot of people that come from where I come from, I don't know where everybody comes from, but a lot of people that come from where I come from, they start off in an uncomfortable position. You know what I'm saying? And then you have to kind of learn, navigate, you know what I'm saying? And keep learning and then keep learning and then keep learning and understand that you have to keep learning and keep learning and and always stay in that student position. And then it's like, boom. Once you keep learning and you keep putting those hours in and you keep putting the, that work in, next thing you know, now you have some sort of success. Now you, you, you've leveled up and you've broke through. So... Now, let's say Big Mac becomes the number one selling burger. You don't take those accolades and then go back to number one, you know what I'm saying? And just be like, okay, well, now I know how to do this and I'm not uncomfortable. I took what, I took what came with stepping to two and I'm going back to one to, to try to get to two and three. That makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Instead, when you're right there at two, you know what I'm saying? 
Boom, get uncomfortable again. Set some new goals again. You know what I'm saying? Figure out, man, damn. Man, like, how I'm going to break through this shit? Like, what's next? Like, what what do I need to learn? You heard what I said. Keep mm-hmm. learning and then learning and then learning and then learning. Like, what do I have to learn next for the next steps? Or or what? Or, or how do we get to three? Like, not how do we go back to one? How do we get to three? Okay, boom. Now we get to three. All right, bet. Now I need to learn, learn, learn. Now I need to get uncomfortable and know that something's going to come through with that uncomfortable and whatever it is, even that decision where you're thinking that you want to go back to number one, that's that uncomfortable position. Mm-hmm. Break break through that, and that's going to make you go to three. And uh, honestly, uh, and that, that was going to be my last point, which was like just advice and stuff, which you answered like perfectly. Uh, so dang, like you just, <laughs> you basically just wrapped up for me. <laughs> that was my that was my final point of just like Man, I, I hope y'all I hope y'all, I hope y'all was able to follow all that you know what I'm saying and I no, hope that, I hope it was all it was all making sense you know what I'm no, saying that made sense to me but uh Mike thank you so much for joining us and being here and you dropped a lot of gems so I'm over here just like dang I gotta play this back and bring out Man. a notepad <laughs> yeah lace it up lace it up lace it up <laughs> worry it up man I hope y'all picking up what I'm spilling man I appreciate y'all you know what I'm saying for real wow how great was this episode if you were like me you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments so if you do feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter Instagram all the social medias and we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.